Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, uh, road to growth listeners. Uh, today we have Celia Thor. You know, the one thing I, I mean, there's so many things I love about doing this podcast. I get to meet great entrepreneurs. I get to hear about their own adversity. I get to hear about their coaching styles. I get to hear about a little about them and it kind of helps me grow and hopefully helps you, the listener, grow. One thing that I thought was really interesting is so our, our guest today, Celia. So Celia, what's what's uh, your ethnicity? What's your background, Celia? So what's my background? Yeah. So I'm actually like entrepreneur at heart. So I've had oh, no, nine- I mean, uh, uh, ethnicity, ethnicity. Oh, sorry. My background. I'm Icelandic. Yeah. Icelandic. Well, yeah. Celia is is a also a, a first name for in Hispanic too, but it's spelled totally different. And so I was yeah. just like, when we were getting through that, I was like, oh, Celia, oh my gosh, that's a lovely name, a lovely, lovely way of spelling it. So, but yeah, that's totally totally opposite. Um, but thank you, Celia, for being here, Celia Thor. Um, and yes, I know nine 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 <laughs> countries, nine businesses you started. Yeah, and now coaching, writing books, a little bit of everything. It seems like. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me here. It's great yeah. to be here. I I, yes. I, I appreciate you uh, coming on now. So walk us through a, a little bit of kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I know you've had the businesses, yeah. you you do the coaching, you've had the books. If someone, <laughs> if you're like in an elevator and someone asks, what do you do? Who is Celia? How would you describe yourself? From a business perspective or personal perspective? It, Just a Either way, either way, we'll, we'll take two elevators. We'll go up and then we'll go back down. Okay, so, so I'll take the personal first and then the business okay. one, right? Okay. Perfect. So yeah, I'm Icelandic. I live in the Netherlands, but I have lived in, I'm like a global nomad, lived in nine countries. Uh, I'm a single mom to a beautiful girl, and I would say I'm like an entrepreneur and adventurer at heart. So that's my short one for the personal <laughs> one. The business one is way better rehearsed, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, a question before we get into the business one. How, yeah. how old are your children? So I only have one daughter. Her name is India. She's four and a half. Okay. So yeah. how many countries has she uh, she lived in? She was born in the Netherlands, but she's okay. half Icelandic, half Australian. But okay. she's been to 17 countries. Wow. How, as, I mean, <laughs> how does that, do you, do you see, I know, I know still very young, yet. Mm-hmm. It, it, do you see a difference when she plays with other kids that maybe only lived in one country? Um, no, because she, what she is having this. So I'm, I'm Icelandic, like you shared. So when I was growing up, everybody was just basically around me Icelandic. So Iceland is a very, you know, is middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So we are very isolated. So what she is growing up with, very different from me, is. You know, she's playing f- with friends from, you know, all different ethnicities, all kind of religions, different countries. So she's just an international kid. Yeah. Um, so she has that. So we live in The Hague. It's very expat, very international. So she is like, you know, her friend is, you know, from, you know, one of her best friends is from Morocco. So she has a little bit of that influence. And she has somebody from Estonia, like Eastern European. So she's really lucky. I mean, I think it's it's fantastic. It, it was a surprising fact. I want to say 10 years ago, I got to get the new number, but 10 yeah. years ago, I think it was in, in the United States, only 20% of Americans had a passport. Yes. It was such a, a such a low number. And it's, I think when people are able to see other countries, see other people, I think it really does change you a little bit. 
Yeah, it does. I actually, I finished high school in the US. I lived in New Mexico and it was a great experience. I loved it. But I think there's also a reason for that. First of all, you know, in Europe, we have five, six weeks off a year. That's like the norm, right? You have what, one, two weeks if you're lucky. So yeah. it's a really different kind of thing there. But also US is huge. It's a really, really big country. So you have all the different states. And you know what I noticed, at least with my friends and in the US, they kind of tend to be scattered. The family tend to be scattered across different states. So when you have this one or week two off, you're meeting family, right? Oh. Okay. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And then international flights for US is really expensive. Yeah. Really, like for me to fly to, I don't know, India or, you know, we go to Australia a lot, it's almost the same as going, just going to US. It's like really the flights, both domestic but also international, they're very expensive. Yeah, and I guess I never thought about the cost, the, the cost aspect of it. Because I know in Europe, I think they still have it, Ryanair. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's fairly affordable. <laughs> yeah, so I can go to Spain. I live in Netherlands, I go to Spain for under 100 euros. Like that's like $120 or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Okay, so now <laughs> we, have, we, we took the elevator up, we got the personal. Now yeah. let's get into the business. We're going to elevator down. Yes. Yeah, so, so what do I do? So the short one is I'm a business mentor. And what I do, I help my clients to really align the, the, every single piece of their business to them. So their core and the zone of genius. And we really just build the business around their life and not the other way around. So I help them focus what matters, become really profitable and just really enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would assume, and this is just an assumption, being a single mother, you had to probably even work on that in your own experience yeah. to figure out how to incorporate. Okay. Yeah, totally. So, so the reason is like one more liner is um, build your business around your life and not the other way around. It came for a reason because um, I have been an entrepreneur since I was 20. So it's like 18 years uh, of it. And most of my entrepreneur journey, I was working crazy hours. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of Americans do too. So I was like working 18 hours uh, a day. And when I became a mother, I was running a startup. So we recently got uh, investors on board. It was really exciting. I had a team and our, our startup was really growing. And then I was going through my divorce at the time. And it just, I really learned this the heart, right? I realized, you know, I was dropping India, my daughter off a daycare. And I realized, hey, I'm always almost the first one dropping her off in the morning and the last one picking her off. Mm. And I was like, at the time I was 100% with her. So her father was back in Australia. And I was like, no, I don't want to lose out on her. And, and it, it got so painful. So I decided to exit my startup and um, build my coaching business. And one of the core things was to build this business around my life so I could spend time with my daughter every single day, but also have enough energy to do that. And that makes, you know, to have some time for myself, you know, to be able to do that and be profitable. So that this was like non-negotiable. And then I did it. I aligned it to me, to my needs, my desires, and also the impact I wanted to create. And I just decided just to operate from my zone of genius and did the rest. And it worked for me and worked for hundreds of my clients. What do you see the transition from having a startup, your own business? And, and I, yes, coaching is your own business. And you're working through these other individuals, other business owners and helping them accomplish something. Yeah. How do you see the difference uh, in, in your in your world and your mindset and your yeah. 
It is a huge difference. So I had a technology startups mainly and impact startups. So when you have a startups, first of all, generally you have co-founders with a very different skill set. You're creating more sort of uh, services or products. And usually as a startup, you are kind of creating something with a big exit or big, you know, you maybe go an IPO, which is like, you know, taking it public. So you're creating a lot with a longer vision, longer term vision on it. And you're very often reliant on outside finances. So it's a very different ball game, I would say. It, it's really like being a coach is like, I. this is the first time I run a business on my own. I always had co-founders, but being a coach, I can monetize extremely quickly. You know, as long as I price position a package myself. And also if you are a service entrepreneur, like a graphic designer or, you know, copywriter, you can actually monetize really quickly and you're way more flexible. So there is things you can streamline so much more um, than when you have a startup because there are so many more elements involved and stakeholders and everything else. I love both. I really do. But this for me is is more flowing because I feel more in control. And the other one it was just so many outside kind of stakes involved too. So it was also very exciting, but it, it's a, it's a different ball game. And I think the mindset in the coaching world or the service entrepreneur world versus the startup, it is a tiny bit of a, of a different mindset too. It's like a startup, it's like you post to work crazy long hours. And, and so you, you have less control, I guess, in, in the startup avenue? Because you have to. Yeah, I, I felt so. Whether that is, you know, something I just, you know, re reflected or, you know, kind of onto that. But that is how I felt. I felt like, you know, I had more. I had business partners. You know, I had a technology business partner. I had different business partners. So there, there is more things to talk about, and that is also great. You have other, you know, other people with you in it. But you, we also had investors on board. And when you get like shareholders and investors, it's not no longer you're not running the show alone. Well, in my current business, Celia decides it happens the day after. I'm the only one who, who makes decisions. I have a team, yeah. my business, I own 100% of it. Now, can you walk us back to that first business? I mean, where did that mindset come from of starting your own business at 20 years old? <laughs> it was actually just pure luck. So um, my father, to say that my father is a businessman, so it's something I did grow up with. But yeah, so I was uh, a cabin crew back back then, you know, after university, I took a year off and, and I was a cabin crew and it just was a sheer luck. I was, I was about to start university and I was going to go into politics and I met this entrepreneur who recently had started this company and he invited me to join and that became, a it was a telecommunication company. So I decided to join that and, you know, I started like one of the franchises, you know, under that company so when i did that i knew nothing about business i started my company then i got a vat bill i didn't even know what vat so that's like a value added tax i'm not sure what you call it in the us probably the same so yeah it was just completely it was just like somebody i was very young and naive and somebody you know kind of i don't know saw some potential in me in that way and so i like, just jump the gun let me jump back a little bit so uh cabin crew is that like airlines yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought I thought so. I was like, I'm pretty sure that okay. So you're like yeah. a stewardess. Yeah, stewardess. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cabin crew. I think sounds more professional though. <laughs> well, you have different names. I used to call it trolley dolly, but it's not very. A trolley dolly. Yeah. Okay. Usually <laughs> 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 on the left, right? It's, it's uh, more about safety and everything else, but yeah. 
so how did you how did you meet that original um, uh, partner? I guess how did you how did you come across that that individual in the the first place? Yeah, I was an African event in London. So um, yeah, I, I got to know. So I was one of the founders. Got to know her. We got talking, and you know, it kind of just came from there. So it was uh, yeah. And, and I took it very seriously, and I guess he had to deliver on on the promise, and there I was. So, are you fairly outgoing? Is that I mean? Because I know you said in most of your businesses you've had partners and other people you've kind of worked with. Is yeah. it network building, relationship building? Is that kind of a, a mindset that you've had in your life? No, actually, I'm an introvert, and this oh okay work with a lot of people. No, I, I need a lot of alone time, and I used to be very shy. Okay. So as a kid and growing up, I, I used to struggle uh, a lot, just, you know, talking in front of people or talking. So it's, it's not something that came naturally. It's just something I trained in myself. What, like, I can be introvert myself too and having the podcast. Yeah. I know it's so funny. And people always ask me, the um, and my business too, it's, it's totally different from how I, I feel. What do you... How do you balance that out? Like, do you just look at the the idea that I ha you have to be outside, you have to talk to people, and then recharge your battery later on? Or how does that process yeah. look for you? Yeah, totally. There are two two kind of answers I'm going to give to that. First, it's like this idea of identity, right? So, you know, what I can identify to my businesses is like, what do I need to have in place? So, let's say, you know, I need to host workshops or training. So, so it's kind of identifying that. And then I just kind of decide that I am a person who feels comfortable doing that. So maybe to give you a little bit better example. So if somebody is a smoker currently, I used to be a smoker, have a smoker. When I decided to quit smoking, I decided to change my identity. So I became a non-smoker. And then if I'm a non-smoker, smoking just isn't allowed. So that's kind of how I trigger that with myself. It's just, I often just, you know, adopt a new identity where I want to go. So I feel more comfortable with it. So that's number one. Um, but regarding me being introverted, so when I do like trainings or podcasts or something like that, I navigate my schedule so I have time to recoup before and after, because wow. that you know makes me really tired of it. Like I love it, but it's like I can't be with people a lot of the times because I need that alone time to get my energy back and kind of go into my cave. So I kind of navigate that in my schedule. So I've created that because I understand that's who I am. Yeah. And then, uh, then I just make sure it's a little bit flowing accordingly. So, so two questions. So is it is it that little bit of time before and after? Is it meditation? Is it uh, yeah. a nap? I mean, what what does that look like? Could be different things. Meditation is one of it. I do okay. quite a bit. Nap is another one I do, <laughs> and often just going out for a walk, just going okay. into nature. I live uh, close to a forest and a beach, and it's just kind of giving myself that time to recharge. And then. Going back to the identity of saying, okay, well, you're a smoker now, but mm -hmm. you're going, you're focusing on not being a smoker. What yeah. does that look like? Does it, when you're thinking about it throughout the day, is it, what would I do if I wasn't a smoker and how would I react? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of cracking the system, right? Okay. Yeah. So what I kind of learned, you know, quite young and, and something I'm playing with actually more now is you basically act of who you think you are or who you are. So it's kind of like when you make a decision, so I struggle a lot with quit smoking, for instance. Um, it wasn't until I decided I no longer smoke. So if I no longer smoke, what kind of decisions do I make? You know, how do I act? You know, what kind of habits do I have? Because I no longer smoke in my mind, so that's like a decision and nothing 
to a moment I was still smoking and decided that, then suddenly, because I know I'm, I'm not a smoker, why would I want a cigarette? And then it's kind of like tricky in my mind. And the same kind of event, you know, when I decided to build a very profitable business, I was like, okay, the first goal I had was reach this 10K months, so 10,000 months. And then I was like, I decided to become a person who makes 10,000 a month. You know, and then I would start making a decision accordingly. And then because that became my identity, I started acting as acting like that. Then that became a reality. Right. And uh, mind you, I mean, having a coach is going to allow you to to get to this point. I don't know if you had a coach at at that time. Yeah. For Mm -hmm. someone listening right now. Right. And they go, Mm -hmm. I want to make a million dollars. A, a month, whatever the number, a year, a million yeah. dollars a year. They maybe don't have the roadmap of what a million dollar earner would make no. in a year, how they would do it. So mm-hmm. for you at that time, saying I want to make ten thousand dollars a month, and I'm yeah. going to think like that person, did, how would you find that roadmap of what that person even thinks like? Yeah, that was a great question. So no, I never had a mentor or a coach. And that's the reason, you know, most of my business journey was uphill struggle. It was roller coaster ride because I was basically doing a lot of trial and error. Things really started speeding off for me when I hired my first mentor. Then I, I shortcutted probably years out of it. So I definitely, I would never run a business today without having a mentor or a coach. Somebody's few steps ahead because they give you the roadmap because they kind of have mastered something you haven't. And they can basically spot things very quicker than you and really guide you through that process. So I definitely recommend anybody who is thinking, okay, listen, I want to go into a million a year or, you know, 100,000 a year, whatever that is, is to hire somebody who has already done it because they know how to do it and they can really help them both with the strategy it is strategy but it's a lot to do with mindset and they can help them with both and they can really give them a step by step process because a lot of this is just like a little bit when you are cooking if you have the recipe you can get the dish and it's the same here but when you're kind of trying to figure out how to cook that you know particular cake and you're doing a trial and error you you'll get there but it's going to take you a lot of time a question that I, I mean, I ask more often now, especially when we talk about the idea of coaching, there's so much, there's so much information out there. There's a, and probably an abundance of, of coaching and there's a lot of variety of coaching for yeah. someone listening right now, or even for yourself, how do you know you're finding the right coach for you? Yeah. Yeah. There, there are a few things there. So first of all is I think you need to like your coach. You need to kind of find a click with that person so you need to be a little bit attracted to that particular person you have to kind of yeah feel a little bit of a click with that person because otherwise it's going to be difficult because you'll be spending either time with them one-to-one or in a container or group program the second one is like have they actually are they living the dream or are they have they achieved what you want to achieve and that's really important like you know have they done something similar you want to do? So you need to get specific what you want and, you know, where, what do you want to go to, right? So that's uh, the second thing you need to know is like, do they know their stuff? Do they know how to, you know, if you want to go million or a hundred thousand, have they done that themselves, right? And then, you know, they have different, th- this, and then it's like, you need to trust them. And that is like where the testimonials and client success stories and everything else come. And you can kind of relate, you know, if, if you could feel you resonate with some of the testimonials, are you in a similar space? 
So I, th I think I think that is a really good one. And I think for a lot of people who are kind of shopping for mentors and coaches, a lot of mentor and coaches, particularly in the coaching, you know, coaches space in there, they run like free workshop and challenges. Go and go attend a few of them. And then you can really start feeling the vibe and really if it hits home for you. But the first step, step is get specific what you want, what you need, where are the gaps, you know. There are different coaches for so many different things, you know. Do you want a business coach? Or maybe you want a content writing coach or social media to so get very specific. But I would generally say if you are early on entrepreneur, and even though you've been a few years, if you haven't hit your income levels, you probably want something more general to help you with the overall foundational pieces, what I like to call. Because if you're just getting somebody for social media or content, if you don't have that foundation, nothing will work. So you need that foundation very solid. And when you have that, and that's what I see with my clients, things flow easily. And that, that is when they get clients. A lot of them, my clients, when they join me, they are in like a cycle of feast and famine, you know, or very inconsistent revenue, or really struggling getting clients. And the reason being is not because the strategy they have, it's because their offer isn't solid. They're not targeting the right client. You know, they haven't packaged price and, and positioned themselves. Only after that, it goes to strategy, you know. And that is also really important to be very, you know, systematic about your strategy, not to throw spaghetti at the wall and just kind of hoping something will stick. It's just doing that. But you need to know who your client is. So you know exactly how to do that in a very calculated way. And then you need to have the mindset to believe it because, you know, your inner world reflects your outer world. You need to work on those pieces too. Well, I mean, possibly it could also be, like you said, the foundation, right? Where the systems mm -hmm. are placed. They can't maintain basically the level of clientele that they're they're currently getting because their system, their foundation is not solid yeah. enough for them to take that on. Yeah, um, yeah, and you see that a lot. With growing businesses, they don't have a system in place either. And then you have a leaky leaky funnel and they just can't it's not sustainable you know yeah definitely well for yourself when you transitioned um from the startup to your coaching business yeah how did you come across your first clients was it just word of mouth was it social media where did that come from um so <laughs> my first client um so i did a little bit of coaching while i was doing startup so i had done quite a bit of coaching throughout because it just you know people just you know, drop me a message and ask for that. But when I started this particular business, um, I decided to hold the training. So I kind of like did a little bit of homework and investigation. And I immediately went to, to 10,000 months. I was 13,000 euros a month. Um, and, and, you know, it took me a very short time. And within a year, I was at 40,000 months. But it, because I had done it before. So I kind of, you know, went from there. Um, so that's basically where it, but to answer your question for most of my clients, you know, who I think a lot of the people listening to this might resonate. Everybody has at least seven clients in the network. And so the first step is just really go through your network, you know, kind of activate the referral network. So you definitely have somebody either on your LinkedIn or your Facebook or somebody who knows somebody. And I think that's the smartest way to get clients in the beginning. Um, it's just really go, go and have a look at your network and see if somebody, you know, would need your help right now and start doing your investigation. So it, it seemed like the transition of mm -hmm. uh, building your coaching business was was pretty fluid and, and pretty straightforward. No thoughts of of going back to a startup or moving back to yeah. a business. It was 
full steam. You were a really fluid one. I mean, I, so first when I exited my startups, I was actually on quite a few projects. So maybe I skipped that one. So I was doing quite a few projects at the time, and then I decided to do this one completely. But it was because I got so fed up, and I felt like you know it's kind of do or die, and I just made a decision. And I got really, really clear on what I wanted and my why. So I got really clear, okay, you know, I used to struggle so many years, you know, working so hard, losing out. That's no longer acceptable for me. And I want to help others do that and do that profitable. Because when I was in the startups, I was paying myself a crappy salary, you know. So most of my entrepreneur journey sounds really fancy, but I was, you know, financially it was not really good until, you know, things went well and we sold something. But month to month, it was like barely breaking even. So that was like my wife and my clients is like, you know, I don't want anybody else to struggle the way I did. Mm-hmm. And the second one, I wanted to have lifestyle desires. I wanted to have time to spend with my daughter. I wanted to be location independent so I could go in, to Iceland and Australia where her, her, you know, her other family is. So I just really got clear on it. And when I had that clarity, the how just magically happened. So the how, the, you know, clients just start popping in. But I also knew how to market and sell, right? So that's the reason I'm also a business coach and that's what I do, that's my thing, you know? And I decided my strategy would be workshops and trainings. And that is kind of like how I would invite potential clients. And then I would like wine and dine them in the workshops. They get to know me, know if they like me, you know, know me and trust me. And then I'll make my invitations. And then I've been tweaking that sense. What You said that you're fed up. Uh, uh, what what happened there that they got you so fed up yeah it was just you know the moment i told you about the daycare situation that was like the final tipping point just like i was losing on my daughter but it was also just this constant you know money which just determined my life my whole life it was always whether i could afford it or not you know because i was paying myself so little so money was just basically when people say money doesn't matter they just haven't worried about money, right? Mm-hmm. And money was just really disturbing my life. And I just got really sick of it. You know, a single mom, I was like, oh no, this is not where I'm heading. No, 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 no. And and I decided, you know, I just kind of like, you know, when I quit smoking, it was like, enough, I can't breathe anymore. And it was the same here. It's like, you know, I'm not going to struggle financially anymore. And I'm not going to work so long hours anymore. You know, life should be enjoyed now, not after 10 years. No, it makes sense. I mean, I, I've, I talked to, I mean, I've talked to a lot of different people and, and passion is, I think is the key through a lot of people that are starting their business or building yeah. businesses, having passion in what you're doing. I've only had one person on here that said you couldn't have passion or love in your business. Not everyone <laughs> could do it. And I was like, whoa, 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 let's, let's, let's roll this back a little bit. But no, I totally agree. I think, I mean, your life should, should help you. Uh, I mean, your business should help you enjoy your life. If you could look back on your past, maybe that that twenty year old uh, mm. cart pusher stewardess, right? <laughs> Trolley, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what what advice would you give her? Hire a mentor. Hire a mentor. Okay. Yeah, uh, honestly, if I would have hired a mentor much earlier, I, I would say eighty percent of the mistakes I did, the trial and error, would have gone. You know, I would have. I wouldn't be doing the roller coaster right. A lot of decisions, a lot of mistakes I made were very amateur if I look back, right? It was a learning curve and I'm really grateful for that. But a lot of things business-wise, I was just basically throwing spaghetti at the wall, you know, and then I learned something and then I started a new business. It was the same. If I would have had the mentor, uh, yeah, I would have fast-tracked a lot of things. 
Are, do you do you recall some of the the mistakes that you went to? I know the edge and the flow, throwing spaghetti at the wall. I mean, are there any specifics that you kind of recall? Yeah, quite a few. So first of all, I never really had a financial clarity, you know, and that is something really important. So it's something, you know, I had a very, very twisted relationship with money. I never really had a financial clarity. So that's like a number one. You need to be clear on your finances. And even if you have a business where you have accountants or whatever, you need to know your finances. And I learned that really the hard way. So that's like a number one. Um, number two is uh, really make sure who you are involved with in your business and really follow your gut feeling there. So, you know, I I only once luckily had, you know, onboarded the wrong client for me, but that was a nightmare client. But I knew it beforehand because my body was telling me that. So just listen to your body, you know, just really be particular. Things are not going to get better if, if you see warning signs immediately. So do not ignore red flags. And it's the same in relationships, right? Um, so the, this is like, this is something I definitely do. And then you got to have a strategy. you got to have a strategy and you need to test and tweak and you need to be on top of that. It's not just like you have a strategy and then you kind of go either blindly for it or you have a strategy and you, you know, change it every week you gotta play smart instead of hard and do validation that's another one it's like before you start something make sure it is exactly what your ideal clients want needs and can't resist and something you love to do mm. before you actually do it because a lot of the things you know a lot of startups particularly they kind of don't do that and then there's no market for it or there's no desire for it or it's maybe not what you loved so if i would do yeah these are kind of the things i would really go back to again is uh and this is all like i say if i would have had a mentor they would have told me all of this if if let's say we're talking to, to Celia in in five years from now mm -hmm. what's the company look like what are you going to look like what's where where are you going to be living at that time yeah <laughs> we're going to be living obviously still in netherlands so we, we decided to stay here so that's a great one so five years that's such an exciting time so a company is going to be a multi-million you know, euros and dollars company. Uh, I wish myself, so I, I would wish myself to continue on the journey I am. I've been focusing a lot more on like a money expansion and, and you know, looking at money as like this art, this self-funded kind of wealth creation. So I definitely think I'll be expanding and made some sort of a program about money and wealth creation, which I'm kind of starting now. So I think I'll be known for that. Then, and I would also still have my signature program, Business Growth. Um, I think I would definitely keep the personalization I have in my program. But yes, I have a multi-million dollar business, been known for the self-funded wealth creation, and I probably would have written a book by that point about money. Do you think, uh, I mean, because I know a lot of your business or, or your, your model is workshops. Mm -hmm. Do you have other coaches underneath you that, or how does that process look like for expansion? Is it simply you as the focal point with the mm. workshops is it other coaches under the uh cilia brand or how does that look like yeah so <laughs> how a business looks right right now is so we have a six months mentorship program which is basically me mentoring them but i do have amazing client success manager and her name is charlene so what we do is like my in my program is all about personalization. So you know we they have like a library content library. They have access to all the trainings, but we have a hot seat call, which is basically where we tweak and, and help them. You know, kind of either strategy or some sort of you know if they're blocked about something, we, we do that. And that is me. 
But then with Charlene, they also have accountability and like step-by-step guidance. So I do have her support. And then we also have a technical support in our program. So it is a little bit centered about me. That's like my brand. But we have, I have a team of support behind it. But it is set to, because I have a group program, it's, it's really also this dynamic of a group. And, and it's incredible how they also support and help each other, my clients. So it's a really fantastic journey they have. You, get, you give the, your clients the tools and they still get that that one-on-one or that that approach from you directly from yeah so, so they get the strategy they get the framework and they get all the yeah. guidance but they also get the tweaks and personalization so it's okay. a really hybrid kind of between this one-to-one programs and group programs we created and that's yeah. something i love and want to you know continue and fostering as well yeah okay i'm, I'm gonna go I'll go back one last question one last question yeah. to finish it all now You've been to multiple countries. You've probably traveled to even more so. If you had to leave the Netherlands, yeah, right, you, couldn't, you couldn't go there. They kicked you out of the Netherlands. You, what country would you move to? India. India. Okay. Yeah, I have. You know, I would definitely like if I could. Like, I'm not. I'm stuck here, but we are co-parenting, so you know, we decided yeah. the Netherlands. But India would be the country I lived in. I have such a love affair with that country. Yeah, walk us through maybe people that haven't been to India or what to look for, why you love it. That'd be great. Yeah, definitely. It it is just something very special about this country. It's it's a it's like a country of the polar opposite. So you have the most amazing smells and sensation there, and then you know you have like a sewer smell. It's just such um I don't know. It just gets you to every single level of you, like. You have this beauty, and then you have this extreme poverty. And uh, but the people are the most amazing, uh, good-hearted people I have ever experienced. Like they're so generous, they're so kind. There's something so magical about you know a lot of the Indian are Hindu and the rest is Muslim and Sikh and all of that. But it's such a, a magical vibe in that country. I can't really experience you know explain it, but it, it is the sensations you have. And then the food is incredible. Uh, Indian food is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, any last words that you want to, uh, to throw out there, Celia? Yeah, just maybe if somebody's listened to this, whatever you believe, I know it sounds like really cliche, but whatever you believe you can create. And and I believe if, if you ever desire something, that is a reason for it. And then it can definitely be something you can create as well. So I don't think we can ever desire something except it's actually a possibility. So it's like it's it's all comes to decision. So if you really want something, it's just you deciding, hey, that's what I'm gonna do. And then you figure out the way. Flip that switch and, and go for it. Thank you, Celia. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. And hopefully everyone listening got some great nuggets. Uh follow Celia, reach out to Celia, go to one of our workshops. Her information is in the show notes. And uh please subscribe, please share, and uh have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.